Welcome to the Forecast F1 podcast. This is our first episode, so bear with us. But there is a lot that we are excited about and we can't wait to share and discuss with all of you. So before the season kicks off, uh, we wanted to create an episode that goes over what the podcast is going to be about. What is Forecast F1 game? And we're also going to touch a little bit on the reveal of this year's liveries. So why don't we start, first of all, with the game itself, the foundation to this all. Anton, as creator, why don't we start with what is Forecast F1? I think that's a very decent starting point. So Forecast F1 is a prediction game, a fantasy game, if you will, based on the Formula One races. So playing it basically means predicting the first 10 places for every race, as well as the fastest lap, and trying to get things in the right order. So with that being said, uh, how does the score break down? So let's say you predict someone that You predict someone in P1 and they actually end up in P1. What happens? Okay, so basically you score the same points as the driver score. So that means if you you predict the right winner, you get 25 points. If you get P2 right, you get 18 points. If you get P3 right, you get 15 points and so on. What happens if you're someone like me who picks someone to be, let's say, finish in P3 and they end up finishing in P4? or p5 is there going to be a difference in terms of the scores yes so if you are one place off the right score you score 50 percent of the points so let's say you're predicting hamilton to be in p2 but he actually wins the race you're not scoring 25 points but you're scoring 50 percent of those 25 points so 12 and a half and if you're two places off you're scoring 25 percent and three places off, you're scoring 12.5%, and, and that's where it stops. So what can you do with the points when you score them? So you accumulate points throughout the season by predicting every race weekend, and then you're in a competition with Formula One fans from all around the world. So last season, we had people from 76 different countries playing the game, and at the end of the year, the, the winner gets a prize. That's really cool. I actually just want to touch a little bit on that when it comes to competing with people around the world, because what I find really unique and interesting about the game itself is the fact that you can compete in different areas. You can compete within your own country. You can compete against your friends. And then obviously, like you said, you can compete against people around the world. So it really gives, uh, let's say, amplifies that competitive nature, if you will. Yeah, that's right. There's uh, there's high score leaderboards worldwide. It's also segmented into the different continents and even into the different countries. So there's a lot of stats that you can look through throughout the season. And you're also scoring points for the country that you're from. And then the countries are in a competition as well. So you're competing against well all other countries or people from all other countries in the world. Okay, so we have to go back to the prize because... Whenever there's a prize involved, obviously, it is something that is quite desirable. So what exactly is the prize this year? So, yeah, so the winner at the end of the 2023 season is going to get a free one-year subscription to F1 TV Pro. Woohoo! <laughs> so our goal for this podcast is for it to be really centered around the races and around the forecast F1 game. But it might be good to go into a little bit of background on who we are. 
So Samantha, why don't you start and tell a little bit who you are and why you got into Formula One? Okay, so currently I write the race recaps that you will find on the Forecast F1 website. A little bit about myself. I grew up in Canada. I live in Canada. The first sport that I knew and loved was hockey. And my love for different sports has grown over the years. Specifically, I've always been drawn to those that carry high stakes and high rewards. Several years ago, a friend of mine introduced me casually to the world of Formula One. He, I think, believed that it was just something that would maybe be a possible interest for myself. But the reality is, is that it definitely turned into an absolute obsession. Countless nights, countless days I've spent over the years absorbing every piece of information that I could about every element of the sport. Truth be told, it is like a rabbit hole because even though I have immersed myself into the sport of Formula One over many years, I also feel like I don't know much. <laughs> there is just so much about Formula One. And to me, Formula One is the epitome of high performance, strategy, engineering, competitiveness, and risk. It is a sport that is so much more than a sport, and it's one unlike any other. There is no better feeling for myself watching the lights go out. It is an adrenaline rush of the unknown, and it truly is my addiction. And I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> But I decided about a year ago that I wanted to combine my passion for the sport with my passion as a writer. And I initially began freelancing some of my pieces. But through meeting you, Anton, the rest we can say is history, right? After a full season of race recaps on Forecast F1 website, we continue to evolve. And here we are, now launching our first podcast episode. Here we are indeed. Yes, we are. So now that I've talked about myself, it's time for you to discuss a little bit about obviously your interest and in how you got into Formula One. All right, so, well, you mentioned addiction. And for me, the addiction <laughs> started as a as a 10 year old kid when I had this Nintendo 64 console and I bought this, or I guess my parents bought a Formula One game and I just couldn't stop playing it. So I went on deep until the night. And if I remember correctly, I always wanted to be the, the black and yellow Jordan of Damon Hill, I guess as a kid, that, <laughs> that just really appealed to me, those colors. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I don't know, from there on, it had always, it has always grasped me. And I think it's difficult to really explain clearly in words what Formula One does to you. But I think you actually did a very good job at explaining that. I think it's mm -hmm. very similar for me. And, and yeah, not just myself watching it but just the idea that you know the whole world is watching this one single event that is held every other two weeks and um, the whole community behind it is just amazing and, and and i guess that's also one of the reasons that that excited me to start making forecast f1 and get in touch with people all around the world who who either watch with friends or watch with family or or People who actually don't have too many others around themselves to to watch it with that can find other people online to to get in touch with and, and talk about the sports and, and, and create groups and, and talk about it. So so, yeah, that that whole community is what excites me. And obviously, yeah, the same as you said, the, the adrenaline of a race, watching a race. It's just it's very exciting. And I don't think that that will ever go away. That's such a good point that you bring up about the F1 community. Because that is something that 
with this sport, it transcends across the world. And being as that is the case, there are so many people from all different walks of life, from all over the world that have this shared common love for the sport. And it really has helped, at least in my own personal um, experience as a fan of Formula One, breed this really great community. And it's a great community to be a part of. So I think that's also why we want to take it to the fans and talk a little bit about liveries and about drivers in, in the rest of this episode. But before we do that, it might be a good idea to explain a little bit how we want to make Forecast F1 podcast episodes and explain what we want to talk about and how they're, what the different segments are going to be. So, Samantha, what do you have in mind for that? So we're going to center the podcast primarily, obviously, around race highlights, qualifying, sprint, the podium. We're also going to have a really cool segment called the Fast Five. That's going to be five moments in the race that we would like to highlight. We're also going to have the Forecast F1 results. So, Anton, do you want to touch a little bit on that? So each episode, we're going to have a look at who scored the highest amount of points for that weekend. So we're basically going to look at a forecast podium, if you will, for that race weekend. We're going to look at the leader in the competition. So we're tracking accumulatively the scores of everyone throughout the season. And we'll, we'll look who's in the race for winning that prize that we talked about. And at the same time, we're going to look at the high scores. So like I was saying, there's high scores for each country for each continent and there's worldwide high scores so we'll probably do some throwback to last season and see who will be able to beat andrew Berger's high score of, of 92 set at monza oh get ready andrew i'm coming for you <laughs> no pressure and at the same time we're going to look a little bit at uh, well where are the people from that are playing from which countries and how are the countries performing and and who's beating who so I think it's going to be very exciting to look at all that. I think so, too. I'm definitely looking forward to it. So we've seen deliveries that were revealed by all the teams over the past two weeks. What do you think about them, Samantha? Well, we definitely see a common theme, and that is the color black, I think, this year. There's definitely some surprises, uh, some changes, and there's definitely a few cars that have remained quite similar, at least in terms of their liveries and the way that they look. But ultimately, it really comes down to the performance on the track. So I am definitely excited for the beginning of March, because that's really where we're going to see how things line up. I'm also very excited about that, but let's have a little bit of a look at what the rest of the fans think. Okay. So what we have done over the past few days is ask around on different platforms how people evaluate the different liveries. So we're going to have a look at the 10 different liveries, although well, looking at them is going to be slightly hard through podcast, but uh, <laughs> we're going okay. to look at the rate. We're going to have a look at the ratings and we're going to see uh, order of ratings so we are using a scale of one to ten ten being the best rating and samantha what do you think people rate as the let's say the least exciting liveries which teams oh gosh do you think have have low ratings oh boy okay 
This is purely guess, okay? Um, I am going to start with Williams. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to give me three different teams that you think have right. low score. Right, okay. So, so you said I'm starting That's with Williams. One. Yep. Um, you know, a personal opinion, I like most, I like pretty much most of them. So this is a challenge, but I'm going to go with Williams. I am going to go with Alpine. And my last choice that I'm going to choose is Haas. All right. Well, so, how did I do? Okay. You didn't do bad, but think about it from this angle. People like to see new things. So, ah, okay. Who you... Okay. Okay. So then I'm going to put Red Bull because they have a similar livery, it seems. I am going to. So I have one right, right? but I don't yeah, know which was, one it is. Okay, I'll give you that. That was Alpine. Ah, okay. Okay, so my third, then I'm going to say is McLaren. Okay, that looks a lot more like it. So from everybody voting, Red Bull has a four and a half on average. Wow. So they're the lowest scoring livery. I guess people... Well, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Very much the same livery as it was last year. Then again... Very true. The blue, yellow, and red do go well together. And I agree. Alpine comes right after that with a 4.7, so they also didn't change much. What do you think about their all-pink livery for the races? I think it's going to be Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, and Australia. What do you think about that? I think that it's cool to have a change. It's definitely cool to have a change, but I personally have never been a very big fan of the color pink, so I understand that that is what obviously they're going to carry. I'm also not a big fan of the color pink, but then again, it stands out against all the other cars on the grid, and this is what I like. I like to see good, nice color pattern on the grid, yes. so you know, I don't, I don't mind the pink, to be honest. Well, you know what? That is a good point. It does stand out. It is something that's going to separate from all the other cars, so you will know when it's coming on the track, that's for sure. Exactly, exactly. And um, McLaren is right after that with a 5.4. So that second second guessing wasn't, wasn't bad. So just to go back from bottom to top, Red Bull was least favorite, then Alpine, McLaren with a 5.4. We go to Alpha Tauri, who scored a 5.6 on our poll, with them adding the red because of the title sponsor they now have, Orlin, right. from Alfa Romeo to Alfa Tauri. And then Aston Martin scoring a 5.7. So those are the first five least favorite liveries of the fans, or at least okay. the fans who are following the forecast Instagram. And now it's time to pick your top five, Samantha. Well, I got to say, first of all, that I had originally picked Haas and Williams in the bottom, and they're obviously in the top five. So now that's going to make my uh, thoughts a little bit more challenging. But I am going to say starting at the top, Mercedes. I'm going to say second is going to be Ferrari. And my third is going to be Alfa Romeo. Nice. That's How did I do? I was right. Was I right <laughs> yeah, in the order? So, yeah. yeah, 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 you are. Yay. <laughs> so Mercedes scored an 8.9, which is the highest. Then Ferrari with a 7.9. So there's a whole point between those. So Mercedes is really popular. And 
Ferrari, even though they haven't changed much, uh, I guess that color red is just doing it for everyone. So 7.9 and Alfa Romeo is a 7.8. So they come really close. And as you had mentioned Haas and Williams already, so Haas obviously adding a little bit of black to the livery and then Williams, I guess, shining in a slightly different tint of blue, but it's, I guess it's not too different from what it was last year, is it? Uh, yes, but I do notice a little bit of a difference. And I got to say, I do love that color. I do love that color. What's also an interesting thing is the Duracell battery element that's there. I thought that was that was pretty cool. Wasn't Latifi driving around with that already last year for a couple of races? Was he? I, I don't. If he was, I wasn't paying attention to that. I think I spotted it, but I don't think it was during all the races. But I don't think so as well. Someone may check that for us. <laughs> All right. So those are the fan results on the liveries. But not only did we ask the fans about the liveries, we also asked them who they think is going to win the team battles or let's say the driver battles in between teams. So for each team, we asked the fans who they think is going to score more points in the championship during the 2023 season. So I don't know. What do you think would be best? We just start with the team's from top to bottom based on finishing positions last year in the Constructors' Championship? Yeah, let's do that. All right, okay. So Red Bull, there we have Verstappen and Perez. Who do you think people think is going to score more points this year? I think it's going to be Max. Yeah, sure. So now the actual question is how many percent of people actually went for Max and how many people went for Sergio? Ooh, okay. This is going to be a total random guess, obviously. I'm going to say 90% roughly went for Max. That's that's a good guess. It's 91%. Ooh, I was close. Okay. We'll All see right. how well so, I do with the rest of these questions, but let's move on. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. So there's Ferrari. So what do you mm -hmm. think people choose between Leclerc and Sainz? I think that there is, I think Leclerc is going to be ahead of signs in terms of a percentage i think it's obviously going to be a lot closer but i'm going to go with 65 percent well you're right on leclerc but uh, it's a little <laughs> bit further apart than you would think really okay yes. interesting what's the number yes. it's 84 percent of people wow. that, that, that went with leclerc okay okay that's actually surprising but interesting yeah, definitely interesting We'll see. And I mean, obviously, we're going to see how the season shapes up for everybody. We know that anything is possible at this point, which also makes it quite exciting. But going into the season, it's really based on the shakeup and based on how things ended last year. And obviously, moving into this year with all the changes, especially with specific teams like Ferrari, it's going to be really interesting to see how much that percentage stays maybe close to that or if it changes so time will tell yeah and given that Sainz scored more points in the 2021 season than Leclerc it's 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 a little bit surprising to me as well that it's so far apart but but yeah it is you never know what happens well let's see what happens <laughs> so we're moving on to Russell Hamilton for Mercedes okay, okay. I'm gonna go that? I'm gonna go with Hamilton I'm going to go with Hamilton this year. I'm going to say, I'm going to go back to the roughly the same percentage. I think that's probably, I'm hoping, a safe bet in terms of uh, my guess. But I'm going to say, you know what, let's say 70%. All right. Well, 62% went. Oh, 
Okay. So that's a little bit closer together than it is. It is. Yes. But I do think that they obviously uh, are close in terms of their performance. But again, this year is going to be really interesting to see how it shakes up. Right. Well, I think it's the only one where the team pairing of drivers hasn't changed, where one driver outscored the other during last season. But people expect now the other driver to outscore the other one. So Russell scored very more true. points last year, but people yep. will expect Hamilton to do better this year. That's very true. So then we move on to an interesting one, which is Alpine, our little French boat. Oh, this is going to be... this is I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out this year, the dynamic between these two. But if I were to guess, I'm going to say Ocon. But I'm going to say it's going to be... Actually, you know what? I changed that because I'm going to go with, obviously, what I think everyone voted for. So I'm going to say Gasly. But I'm going to say that in terms of a percentage of people voting, I'm going to say maybe 55%. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this works this year. Oh, it is interesting indeed, because I would personally probably also go for Ocon, but uh, yes. people indeed went for Gasly. So okay. he, he even went for Gasly with 65% of the votes. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. Well, look, they're both great drivers, and uh, I think that it's going to be something that you're going to pay a lot of attention to, obviously, with the way that the season ended for Alpine last year with a lot of DNFs. Um, we'll see how consistent, obviously, the car is and, more importantly, how the performance is when it comes down to the track between these two drivers. They're very competitive. They obviously have a long, extensive history. So it's going to be really interesting. I think I've used that word several times. <laughs> Bear with us. This is why it's but, our first but you, podcast. But you really, but, <laughs> but you really mean it. <laughs> but I do really mean it. I just can't find a better word to explain it at this point in time. So, uh, well, I guess we're all really excited about it. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're moving on to McLaren. Okay, with a new driver. So I'm going to go with Lando. I'm going to go with Lando. Obviously, Oscar hasn't had a season yet in F1. So with that being said, I'm going to go pretty high. I'm going to say about 80%. So it's the exact same percentage and even the exact same amount of votes for both drivers as the Verstappen and Paris pairing. So Norris got 91% of the votes. Okay. And Piastri got 9% of the votes. Okay. I'm not surprised about that one. Neither am I. <laughs> but it seems like popular opinion is a little bit against Piastri. But uh, I hope he's gonna, I hope he's gonna prove everyone wrong. I hope he's gonna do really well and and get very close to Norris. But let's see, let's see. We will see. I mean, obviously Lando has experience on his side, so that will work to his advantage for sure. Yeah, right. All right, so we go to the next team, which is Alfa Romeo, where we have our Finnish friend and Chinese friend. Yes. Okay. I am going. I'm going to throw uh, what I believe a wrench in this decision. I'm going to go with um, Guan Yu. I think he's going to have a good season. I I just have a feeling about it. I'm going to go percentage though. I think it's going to be pretty close. So 
let's say 55%. I'm afraid you're listening too much to your heart. <laughs> it's both us winning it with 85%. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. But I think I think you're kind of right. So that's fine. And I do well, love not, both. It's not me, it's the fans. <laughs> and I hope they're wrong. It's very true. It's very true. So we then go to your fellow countryman who's going to battle it out against Alonso. Ah, so how do you think yes. that's going to end? I like how you started it with fellow countrymen. No, no pressure there in terms of my decision. But honestly, if I'm going to go with logic in terms of the fans vote, I'm going to say Alonso. Uh, and I am going to say, I'm going to say a pretty high percentage. I'm going to say 95%. Well, it's not 95, but you're right. This is the biggest win okay. uh, between two drivers in the same team. So he actually had 91% just as Verstappen Perez. But uh, if you look at the decimals, Alonso is just slightly winning. Yeah. So, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so, yeah, I guess everyone's pretty convinced that Alonso is going to beat Stroll, which wouldn't be a big surprise, wouldn't it? I think I think it's it's another and I'm going to use this word again. It's another interesting pairing for this year. I think I'm really looking forward to seeing how Alonso does. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does in an Aston Martin. So again, time will tell. Aren't we all excited what's going to happen within that team with those two? Oh yes, definitely, most definitely. Okay, so I'm assuming then that the next team we're moving to is Haas. It is. It is. So we obviously have another new driver pairing, both obviously with experience, but I am going to lean towards Kevin on this one, and I'm going to say 70% of the vote. That's pretty close. It's 66% for Kevin. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Good. So then Alpha Tauri, another new driving pairing. Another new driver pairing. Yes. And you know what? I'm going to go with Nick on this one. I'm going to go with Nick on this one, and I'm going to say 55% of the vote. I think it's going to be pretty close. Well, you're right. It's the closest one. Okay. And it's 56%. Ooh, I was close on that one. <laughs> and it is indeed for Nick, yeah. And I'm actually it a little bit surprised okay. that people, yeah, I mean, you would say that perhaps people would say Tsunoda has an advantage on experience, but, uh, but no, people are expecting uh, Nick to do better. Well, I definitely, you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about this season because there's a lot of unknowns. There's quite a few new driver pairings. So this is one, again, that I think is a close call. But ultimately, we're not going to know how it shapes up until we actually start the season. So you're right. You're right. So last team, last team is going to be Williams. And there we have Albon, who's mm -hmm. going to take it up against Sargent. I'm so, going to go with Alex. I'm going to go with Alex on this one. And I'm going to say, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it's close. I'm going to say it's close. Maybe not as close as Nick and Yuki, but I'm going to say 60%. So it's 86% in favor of Alex. Wow. Okay. 86%. Well, look, Logan hasn't had a year in F1. So again, we don't know how he's going to perform. He's obviously done well. Uh, but in terms of obviously getting in behind a Formula One car, we're going to see. So from all these votes, where do you think fans might be most likely to be wrong? 
Oh, that's a tough question. That is a tough question because uh, I I think that there's so many what ifs this year because of the changes that it's really difficult to kind of, and, and also in the sport, anything can happen. We see that time and time again. So I really have to think about this one. So think about it this way. Don't look at the percentages, but just look at who people picked and where you think there might be a surprise this season. So do you think that actually Russell will beat Hamilton or Joe will beat Bottas like you expected there? Or <laughs> do you think that actually Tsunoda will outperform De Vries? What is, got, what is likely to be different from what we're all thinking right now? Again, I think that there are so many what ifs that makes it really exciting for this year, but I I believe that if I'm going to make the thought of what would be a possible switch, I'm going to go with the Ocon Gasly. I think that I I do believe that if there's going to be any close calls in terms of performance, I'm going to give it to Ocon maybe having the advantage over Gasly this year. So that's where I think would would be my guess. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think the Ocon Gasly situation is one to look at for, for this season for sure amongst many others so i think at the end of the day it's fun to do these votes and and make our best guesses but we really don't know how things are going to be we've said this a few times and the first race is in the first weekend of march we are definitely looking forward to it as i'm sure all of you are and also it's going to be the first prediction of the season so that's also really exciting too yeah so just to remember everyone don't forget to make your picks. The deadline is the 3rd of March, so that's the day before qualifying, the Friday. Yeah, don't forget. This is the first don't forget of probably four, because if you are a part of the WhatsApp groups, you're a part of the Instagram groups, you will probably receive several reminders from Anton. <laughs> so this is the first reminder of many. You can count on that. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. Is there anything that you wanted to add before we sign off on our first our first episode well all that remains to be said is that i'm super excited for the season to start and i'm super excited for the forecast season to start and i just hope we're gonna see some spectacular things i hope um, we're gonna see a good title fight hopefully with more than two teams in it and hopefully it doesn't get decided until the very end well, uh, my anxiety will uh, be through the roof if that's the case. <laughs> but at the same time, I completely agree. I think that it would be really, really great and exciting to see at least three teams fight for the top. I would love to see it a close gap between the midfielders as well. But all in all, I think we're all looking forward to the first week of March. And... I agree as well. I'm really looking forward to the second season of Forecast F1. And I'm looking forward to competing with each and every single one of you. So so do you think that actually somebody might get his first race win? Like we've seen two new race winners in the previous season with, with signs in Silverstone and yes. Russell in Brazil. So do you think we're yes. going to see something like that? Absolutely. I think there's always the possibility for someone new to be at the top of the podium. And quite frankly, I hope that's the case because it's always great to be surprised in this sport. What do you think? I don't know. I think one of the few that would have the chance would be Norris, but I guess Mm -hmm. we're all doubting if McLaren's going to really have a great season. But, you know, I think he has the potential to, to get that race win. Other than that, 
I don't think there's too many other chances for someone. He did come close in Russia. Yeah, well, it's a long time waiting for him. <laughs> yeah, completely agree. So I think that wraps it up. I think we'll see each other during the race of Bahrain because some of y'all are in our chat groups and I'll be sure to talk to you before the race to remind you to make your vote. <laughs> I I will await the second, third and fourth reminder. And I know you need <laughs> So what is the idea, Samantha? When are we going to have episodes, new episodes ready? You can expect a new episode of the Forecast F1 podcast after every race weekend. See you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.